Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's 23 chapter. 23rd chapter. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feast of the Lord. Why is that so important, brothers and sisters? Because many people will make you think that this is the Jews' feast, or this is Moses' feast. No, it's not the Jews' feast. It's not Moses' feast. This is the Lord's feast that he gave to Moses to give to the children of Israel to do what? Let me finish reading. It says, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, which means gatherings, even these are my feast. So in the same verse, Leviticus 23 and 2, the Lord lays out and he stipulates that these are my feasts. Don't give the credit to nobody else. These are my feasts, brothers and sisters. And then he gives us further instructions, Leviticus 23 and 4. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy gatherings or convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. So, it doesn't matter how many times you want to do it and where you want to do it and, and, and what day you want to do it on or month you want to do it on, brothers and sisters. said you got to do these in their seasons. So the question is, when are we supposed to do this particular feast that we are honoring now? Or oh, it actually ended at sundown today. But it started on Monday at sundown, and it ended today at sundown. So, um, I'm sorry, it didn't end today at sundown. It was the first day. It's a seven-day feast. Let me, let me clarify. Let me stipulate. It was a seven-day feast, but the Holy Convocation is on the first day, which was from Monday sundown to Tuesday sundown. But it is a seven-day feast. So, it is not over until next week. So let me stipulate that and make that correction up front. Today is just the day we have the Holy Convocation. You don't have the Holy Convocation for the whole seven days. You have it on the first day, and we're going to show you when else you have it. So let's go to Leviticus 23. We're going to pick this up, Brother Messenger, at 33, and we're going to read on down. Leviticus 23, 33, and then we are going to read on down, and we're going to find out when we are supposed to actually be commemorating or honoring this feast called the Feast of Tabernacle. Go ahead, my brother. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seven months shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. So this was the first day that just passed. <coughs> it ended at sundown. So that's why we had church or gathering, brothers and sisters. Go ahead and continue at verse 36. Seven days ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. 
on the eighth day shall be an holy convocation unto you. So we're going to stop right there today is a holy convocation. But remember, this is a seven-day feast. So if the feast is for seven days, the Feast of Tabernacle, then there's a whole nother feast day that's on the eighth day, brothers and sisters. And on that day, you're going to have another church gathering or coming together or a holy convocation unto you, as the Lord has said. Go ahead, my brother. And you shall. And ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly. And ye shall do no servant work therein. Well, we don't make um, an offering made by fire unto the Lord anymore because we don't do animal sacrifice anymore. When Jesus committed his sacrifice, it replaced animal sacrifice, brothers and sisters. Verse 37, my brother. These are the feast of the Lord. Wait a minute. These are the feast of the Jews. These are the feast of the Lord. Okay. Go ahead. Which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering, and a meat offering, a sacrifice, and drink offering, Everything upon his day. So remember, we don't do the offerings anymore because Jesus replaced a lot of these offerings, uh, actually all of them pretty much. Anything that dealt with sacrifice or offering, Jesus placed, replaced that. Read that for yourself. I believe that was what, Hebrews, the 10th chapter, about sacrifices and offerings. He would have not. He didn't enjoy the animal sacrifice for sin. And he replaced that with his own. Let's read the last one, Brother Messenger, uh, Leviticus 23 and 38. Go ahead. Besides the Sabbath of the Lord and beside your gifts and beside all vows and beside all your free will offering, which ye give unto the Lord. So, brothers and sisters, we are talking about the Feast of Tabernacle, which happens on the 15th day of the seventh month. And so you may ask yourself, well, Black Eyes, why we didn't do this in July? Isn't that the seventh month of the year? Well, brothers and sisters, we've taught on this show in past lessons that October is actually the eighth month of the year. Look at the spelling of the word October. The first three letters is O-C-T. And in the English language, any word that begins with O-C-T means eight. Octagon, octopus. December starts with D-E-C. Any word in the English language that begins with D-E-C means 10. Decade, decimal point, rounding to the nearest 10. Decathlon, 10 races. So how all of a sudden October is going to mean 10 and December is going to mean 12? So we're just giving you some examples on how to look at things brothers and sisters, with your third eye, with your wisdom. But we're going to go ahead and keep this thing going on because we got a lot to cover. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the 13th chapter. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Now, this lines up with the end of Satan's rule. When I say this, I'm talking about the Feast of Tabernacle. The coming of Jesus and the gathering of all nations, people, and tongues immediately after the Great Tribulation. And we're going to read that also as well as we did last week. Matthew 13, 38-41. Go ahead, my brother. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tars are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed the harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tars are gathered and burned in the fire, 
so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity. And so, brothers and sisters, it says the Son of Man shall send forth his angel, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, brothers and sisters. This is a great gathering, and we're going to get deep into this a little bit more, but it says that the world is the field. And you can't have crop without a field. You can't have uh, 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 crop without seeds. Brothers and sisters, and it says right here that the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, and the tares are the children of the wicked one. And these are the ones that's telling you, you don't need to read the Old Testament anymore. You don't need to keep the Lord's feast days anymore. We're no longer going by the law anymore. These are the tares, brothers and sisters. It's important for you to know this because this right here ties directly into your salvation. And it unlocks a look into the future of prophecy of God, brothers and sisters. It is lying this thing all out for you to see with your eyes, brothers and sisters, your spiritual eye. Let's go ahead and keep this thing moving on. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Now, during the thesis, there would still be flesh and blood ruled by spirit beings, which include Jesus and those who make it in the first resurrection. In the second resurrection, we will have no more flesh and blood bodies or tabernacles, brothers and sisters. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 4. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 4. Go ahead, my brother. For we know that this is our earthly house of this tabernacle which dissolved. We have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. For in this we groan. In this body we groan. Go ahead. Earnestly desire to be clothed upon our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan. So in this body, we get sick, we feel pain, we feel hurt, we suffer from those of our loved ones who have lost their lives, and we got to go to their funerals, and we got to bury them in the cemetery or cremate them. We hurt in this body, brothers and sisters. You got to wash it or it's going to smell. Gravity is going to pull down on your body, and places that used to have muscle is going to sag. You're going to, lo- you're going to lose your hair. This body, brothers and sisters, is going to break down. Go ahead, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, 2 Corinthians 5 and 4. Being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon the mortality might be swallowed up. Of life. So we're looking for a body that we can have mortality in, brothers and sisters. Flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God. God is going to provide for us a spiritual body that we can dwell inside of his holy tabernacle that's going to be brought down here from heaven. Let's keep it moving, brother messenger. Let's go to the book of Leviticus, again, the 23rd chapter. Let's go back there. 
And let's go and look in the book of Leviticus and let's see how long God gave us to live in this flesh and blood body. How long did he give man to live in blood body? Leviticus 23, 41 through 42. Go ahead, my brother. And ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the, in the year. That's the Feast of Tabernacles. It shall be a statue forever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate it in the seventh month. Ye shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. So, brothers and sisters, God gave us seven days or 7,000 years to be in this flesh and blood body. After that, there is no more flesh and blood. So if you look at it, you got God created the heaven and the earth and everything in it in six days. I'm sorry, seven days. But on the sixth day, he created man. Okay? So man was born on the sixth day. But God still had one more day to complete, which was the Sabbath day of rest. So the seventh day is man's second. Okay? Mm -hmm. So seven is his second. And eight is his third, and nine is his fourth, and ten is his fifth, and eleven is his sixth, then twelve is his seventh. And everything in God's universe is predicated on the number of the children, which is twelve, brothers and sisters. So day seven for man is day twelve. God. You got your earthly completion and you got your spiritual completion, brothers and sisters. I told y'all we going deep tonight in this lesson, brothers and sisters. So what happens after seven days? That's why the Feast of Tabernacle is so important, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Second Peter. Second Peter, the first chapter. Second Peter, the first chapter, turn your Bibles there, or either write it down to go back and study it later. Second Peter, the first chapter, verse 13 and 14. Now, here it is written that the tabernacle refers to the body, just like we just read in the book of Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. But this is confirmation of what we just read. The example that it gives us is Jesus. One who left this fleshly tabernacle for a spiritual body. Second Peter 1, 13 and 14. Go ahead, my brother. Second Peter 1, 13 and 14, brothers and sisters. Go ahead, my brother. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, oh. to stir you up. By putting you in remembrance. So he's saying that as long as I'm in this body, I'm writing you this letter, Peter, because I want you to remember all the things that I'm teaching you while I'm here on this earth. But what's going to happen? Let's go to Second Peter 1 and 14. Go ahead. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle. Shortly I must die. I ain't going to be here forever. Even as our Lord Jesus Christ has shown. One more verse. Go ahead. Moreover will I endeavor that ye may be able after my deceit. After I die, 
Go ahead. To have these things always in remembrance. And that's why these things are written down in the book, brothers and sisters. For us to have a remembrance. Pull it up for me. Uh, for us to have a remembrance of what was taught by Jesus. In this case, Paul is reiterating the things that he was taught from Jesus, brothers and sisters. So it is a beautiful thing when it is confirmed that the Lord gave us 7,000 years to be in this body as flesh and blood man. Peter is telling you that the tabernacle, this flesh, this spiritual or flesh and blood tabernacle eventually has to go. It eventually has to die, brothers and sisters. So it is a beautiful thing that we're learning this. It is a beautiful thing that we're reading about this. And we're going to read a little bit more, further. Let's go into the book of Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter. The book of Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter. And we're going to read three verses, 10 through 12. Deuteronomy 31, 10 through 12. Deuteronomy 31, 10 through 12. Go ahead, my brother. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, in the solemnity of the year of release, in the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh-oh, in the Feast of what? The Feast of Tabernacles. Okay. When all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place where he shall choose. Don't this remind you of what we read last week in the book of Revelation, the ninth chapter? We're going to read it again. But after the, 12, 000, the 144,000 was sealed, it said that I saw a number. That no man could number. That no man could number. And they came to worship before the Lord. Read that one more time, Brother Messenger. I'm sorry. It's getting good. When all Israel's come up to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, that shalt, thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and children and thy stranger that is within thy gate, that they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God and observe to do all the words in this law. And they say, well, what are you supposed to do, Brother Messenger, Brother Black Ice, on the Feast of Tabernacles supposed to be doing? You're supposed to be for these seven days of this feast learning the word of God, learning what is required of us from the Lord to be in obedience and in accordance to his will. This is a perfect layout of that, Brother Messenger. Let's go ahead, and we're going to go ahead and keep this thing going on. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, the second chapter. Now, we just talked about all nations going up to Jerusalem before the Lord. To worship, brothers and sisters, and this is yet future. This is what's going to happen when he returns. Isaiah 2, 1 through 5. Isaiah 2, 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the, excuse me, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountain. And shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, 
which he will teach us of his ways. So, brothers and sisters, during the thousand-year millennium period, we're going to be taught those who are still here in the flesh and blood body by those who were resurrected as spirit beings. Because, again, they are going to rule and reign with Christ. And if we are blessed enough to be in the first resurrection, we will be some of those spirit beings that will be ruling and reigning with Christ. So teaching is going to be going on during this thousand-year millennium period, and it will be knocking out falsehood and false religion that have been going on. Continue, my brother. And we will walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations, group many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up swords against nations, neither shall they learn war anymore. So ain't going to be no war, brothers and sisters, when Jesus is here. He said he's going to turn in your sword for a gardening tool. There's going to be nothing but peace and rest, brothers and sisters, during this thousand-year millennium period. Why are we talking about this? What does this have to do with the Feast of Tabernacle, brothers and sisters? Because the return of Christ lines up with the Feast of Tabernacles. I'm going to say that again. The return of Christ lines up with the Feast of Tabernacles. We're going to go deeper into that, brothers and sisters. One more verse, Brother Messenger. Go ahead. O house of Jacob, come ye and let us walk in the light of the Lord. So, brothers and sisters, let us walk in the light of the word. And light is nothing but truth. That's why when someone explains something to you that you have not been able to understand, but now you get the understanding of it, you say, oh, now I see, turned on the light, brothers and sisters. Someone has turned on the truth, and that's why you're listening to today's Truth Hour, because we are turning on that light. Micah, the fourth chapter, Micah, the fourth chapter, two verses, verses one and two. Now, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. The same one he taught and or the same teaching that he taught and what we're teaching now, he will teach when he comes. Isaiah 2. Micah. I'm sorry, Micah 4, 1 through 2. Micah 4, 1 and 2. Go ahead, my brother. But in the last day it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it. And many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his path, for the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now, brothers and sisters, everywhere we're going, we're reading the same thing because the Lord does not change, brothers and sisters. Not once in this place is it saying that anybody's going to heaven, the Lord is going to be in heaven. Not once is it saying that we're going to go to heaven to do anything. It keeps saying to you that the Lord is going to be in Jerusalem. And we're going to go to Jerusalem to be with him. 
So the question is, do you believe what you've been told or what you've been taught or what you think or what you believe? Or do you go with what's written in this word called the Bible? I think God knows more than I do. I think he's wiser than we are. So we don't have to assume as long as we are reading the word, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. Now, we have again, the ritual calls for the children of Israel to dwell in booths. Symbolizing the 7,000 years man would be in this flesh and blood body. Nehemiah 8, 13 through 15. Nehemiah 8. 13 through 15. Go ahead, my brother. And on the second day were gathered together the chief of the fathers of all people, the priests and the Levites, unto Ezra the scribe, even the understanding the word of the law. And they found written in the law which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths in the feast of the seven months. So we're in the seventh month, brothers and sisters. And this is the time of the Feast of Tabernacle, which is the Feast of Booths, or what they call Sukkot, which is another term that they use for this also, brothers and sisters. But we're going to use what the Lord used. We're going to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. But in this seventh month, we are to keep this feast, brothers and sisters, because if you don't know right now what it symbolizes, and we've been sharing that, we're going to drive it home a little bit more. Continue, Brother Messenger. And they, and that they should publish and proclaim in all their cities, and in Jerusalem, saying, "Go forth unto the mount, and fetch olive branches, and pine branches, and myrtle branches, and palm branches, and branches of thick trees, to make booths, as it is written." So we're going to go ahead and keep it going on. We just wanted to show you and establish, brothers and sisters, that this seventh month. And the 15th day of the seventh month is something that has been kept ever since the children of Israel came out of Egypt, Brother Messenger, and that's a long time. Now, all these feast days deal with the children of God or the gathering of the harvest. Remember at the beginning we learned that there are three times of the year that the Lord commands a pilgrimage for his people Back to Israel. The first being the unleavened bread, then the the day of Pentecost, and then today's feast, the Feast of Tabernacles. Of course, this is when the temple was in the land. Before we have been scattered throughout the world. However, when he returns, this will be reestablished. Unleavened bread is a spring feast. Pentecost is a summer feast. Um, Feast of Tabernacles is a fall feast. Let's go back to the book of Exodus, the 23rd chapter. Book of Exodus, the 23rd chapter. Let's go there. And we're going to read verses 13 through 17. The book of Exodus, the 23rd chapter, 13 through 17. Again, this is not new information. This has been laid out since the children of Israel came out of Egypt. Exodus 23, 13 through 17. Go ahead, my brother. And in all things that I have said unto you, be circumspect. 
and make no mention of the name of other gods, neither let it be heard out of, out of thy mouth. Three times thou shalt keep a feast unto me in the year. Now, that's not saying that you're not supposed to keep the rest of the feast. This is just saying that three times of the year you got to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. Oh, I'm sorry, to Israel. Go ahead, verse 15. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded thee in the time appointed of the month of Bill. For in it thou camest out from Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. Now what about the second feast? And the feast of harvest, the first fruit of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering. And the ingathering feast is what we're honoring today, which is the Feast of Tabernacle. So the Feast of Harvest and the First Fruits, brothers and sisters, is the, uh, um, what is it, the Pentecost Feast, brothers and sisters. That is the Pentecost Feast. But then it says, and the Feast of Ingathering, and that is another name for the Feast of Tabernacles. Continue, Brother Messenger. Which is in the end of the year. That's why we're celebrating it. We're at the end of the Lord's Feast. There's only two more left, the one that we're in now and the eighth day, which is both connected, but they're two separate feasts. Go ahead. When thou hast gathered in thy labors out of the field, three times in the year all thy males shall appear before the Lord God. So we're just confirming the things that we're teaching on tonight's show, brothers and sisters. There has to be a gathering where we make a pilgrimage to Israel, brothers and sisters, all nations, all tongues, brothers and sisters, all kindreds. This is beautiful. This is beautiful, Brother Messenger. Let's go to uh, show that we didn't cover this one already. Deuteronomy, the 23rd chapter. Deuteronomy, the 23rd chapter, 14 through 17. Now, God gives us the wisdom to understand his word. If we truly desire to know it, don't allow anyone, and I mean anyone, to make you think that you don't need the Scriptures or the New Testament. Hmm. You need both, brothers and sisters. Absolutely. You need the Testament, uh, uh, the, the Scriptures, yes. which, is the, which is what they call the Old Testament, and you need the New Testament too, brothers and sisters. Now, the spiritual meaning of all these feasts or holy days are a look into salvation. We can follow the physical part of the feast to the latter. But do we have the spiritual part mastered, brothers and sisters? Hmm. That's what we got to get mastered. Deuteronomy 20, uh, 23, 14 through 17. Deuteronomy 23, 14 through 17. Go ahead, my brother. For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee and to give up thine enemies before thee. The camp be holy, that he see no unclean thing in thee. So wait, hold on, wait a minute. The Lord is going to walk through the camp, brothers and sisters. So he was coming down to this earth all the way back during the time of the children of Israel. And he said, when I walk in a camp, I don't want to see no unclean thing. So you thought that the first time that he came to this earth, was through Mary, that's the first time he came in the flesh and blood. 
but he had been here several times before, brothers and sisters. And we ain't going to even talk about Melchizedek because that was a flesh and blood body too. <laughs> we, we, we talked that one. They have to go back. And okay. Go. Deuteronomy 23, go ahead. Where we at now? We, we still um, in uh, 15. 15, go ahead. Thou shalt not deliver unto his master the servant which is escaped from his masters unto thee. He shall dwell with thee, even among you, in that place which he shall choose in one of thy gates, where it liketh him best. Thou shalt not oppress him. <clears throat> Be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the son of Israel. So, brothers and sisters, He's going to return. And the same way he walked in the camp, in the midst of the camp, brothers and sisters, is what we expect when he returns, brothers and sisters. But he ain't coming to us. Well, he's coming down here, but we got to go where he is, brothers and sisters. And not only do we have to go, all nations on the earth have to go too. So let's go ahead and read the actual event of the coming of the Lord, Brother Messenger, and how we know that when he comes, it's going to be during the Feast of Tabernacles, brothers and sisters. And what month is the Feast of Tabernacles in? It's laid out right here. Let's read it. Revelation 7, 9 through 12. Revelation 7, 9 through 12. Go ahead. After this I beheld and lo. A great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And stood round about the throne, and, all, and about the elders and four beasts, and fell before the throne of their faces, and worshipped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Thanksgiving, huh? Didn't we talk about that early on in the show, brothers and sisters? Aren't we approaching the season of Thanksgiving coming up? All this ties in line with the Feast of Tabernacles, brothers and sisters, how many of the Europeans patterned their Thanksgiving holiday after the Feast of Tabernacles. What would be done during the Feast of Tabernacles? A great ingathering, a great coming together, brothers and sisters. But we're not coming together just for the sake of coming together. We're coming together to worship the Lord, Brother Messenger. Yes, sir. So we're going to go ahead and keep this thing going on. we got a few more places to go. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel, the 36th chapter, one verse. The, these next ones, we're just going to read one verse out of these. Let's look at the prophets, brothers and sisters. Ezekiel, the 36th chapter, the 24th verse. Now, when he comes, he will gather us. There's that gathering again, brothers and sisters. Ezekiel 36 and verse 24. Ezekiel 36, verse 24. Go ahead, my brother. For I will take you from among the heathen, and gather you out of all the countries, 
and will bring you into your own land. So, brothers and sisters, I know that we're here in America, and I know that we came over here as slaves by the way of slave ships, and I know they sold us, and we've been some of everywhere in every nation. We're in the Caribbean. Everywhere. <laughs> we're uh, everywhere the Muslims are because they had a big part in the slave trade. We're all over the world, brothers and sisters. But when he comes, he's going to gather us from the four corners of the earth. And I'm looking and waiting for that moment, brothers and sisters, where we don't have to get shot 17 times by a police officer. Or we don't have to be discriminated against or treated as less than a human being, brothers and sisters. This is the journey that we've been on and under since we disobeyed. He laid it all out in your own time. Look at the book of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. Read the whole thing. And because we were disobedient, the Lord allowed us to be taken into slavery and driven across the four corners of the earth. But even so, he said, I'm going to come back and get you. Zechariah 8 and 22. Go ahead. Yeah, my people. And strong nations shall come to see the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. So see, not only you got to come, brothers and sisters, but the nations that have held you in captivity got to come also as well. Everybody got to go. The only difference is between us and them is that that's our home. And they are visitors, brothers and sisters. And then we will be the ones that God exalts to authority and power. But we're not going to treat them like they have treated us. Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter, verses 3 through 5. Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter, verses 3 through 5. Go ahead, my brother. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them, and will bring them again to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up the shepherds over them which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, said the Lord. Behold, the days come, said the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And the only king that we have ever had that was true and righteous was Jesus, brothers and sisters. Our forefathers, being as foolish as they are, petitioned to the Lord that they wanted a king over them. Give us a king like, like every other nation has had. We want a king, too. You got a king, fool. You want to replace me with a flesh and blood man? That's, brothers and sisters, man, we're the only ones that had a relationship with God. And we threw it away because we wanted to do what everybody else was doing. Let's finish. Uh, let's go to the book of Isaiah, the 27th chapter. Let's read more about what the prophet told us. But many of us were not listening. Isaiah 27, two verses, 12 and 13. Go ahead. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the river unto the stream of Egypt. And ye shall be gathered one by one. 
Oh, ye children of Israel. So he going to take us from here, brothers and sisters. Don't worry about how you going to get there, whether you're going to be trying to fly southwest <laughs> so you can get no baggage fees other than the two that you going to uh, put put on there for free. Don't worry about Sprint or Spirit. Don't worry about any of those airlines. Don't worry about all that. Don't worry about what boat you're going to get on. He said he's going to gather you, brothers and sisters, one by one. Let's go ahead and continue at verse 12. 13. And it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown. Uh, the memorial of the blowing of trumpets. Go ahead. And they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria and the outcasts in the land of Egypt and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. You're going to worship the Lord at the holy mount in Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. One more place, Zechariah 14, 1 through 9, Zechariah 14, 1 through 9. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm going to say something to you on this show, but I'm only going to say what's written in this book called the Bible. We know that when the Lord comes, it's going to be during the Feast of Tabernacles. His reign upon this earth will come between the fall and the winter. I'm going to say that again. When he comes back, it's going to be between fall and winter, brothers and sisters. Black eyes, how can you say that? Don't no man know the time of the hour. Let's let the book read. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. Zechariah 14, 1 through 9. Go ahead, my brother. Behold. The day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoils shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and women ravished, and half of, in, half of the city shall go forth in captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations. And when he fought in the day of battle, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and the half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south, and ye shall flee up, flee to the valley of the mountains. For the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azal. Yea, shall, ye shall flee, like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah. Let's go to verse 8. And it shall be in that day that living water shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea, and half of them toward the hinder sea. In summer and in winter oh, shall Oh, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Now it's given us a, see, a time of the year that the Lord is coming, Brother Messenger. You mean to tell me that it was in this book all the time when Jesus would be coming back to this earth? What time of year hmm, Jesus would be coming back to this earth? Let's let the book read it again. Say it again, my brother. Let's let the book speak again. Let's go to verse 8. And it shall be in that day that living water shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea, and half of them toward the hinder sea, in summer 
and in winter shall it be. So we're looking for that time of the year between summer and winter for all of this to take place, brothers and sisters. Now, let's go for the sake of time, Brother Messenger, down to verse 16 through 19. Go ahead. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. To keep the Feast of Tabernacles, brothers and sisters. And it shall be that whoso will not come of all of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. And if the family of Egypt go not up and come not, they have no rain. There shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that come not to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles is so important, brothers and sisters, that that is the feast that is taking place when the Lord returns to this earth. And every nation got to send representatives to come, just like the United Nations, brothers and sisters. And if they don't come, their whole nation is going to suffer. Let's go ahead to, oh, man, there's so much to deal with this. We're going to go ahead and do, do the conclusion of all of this, brothers and sisters. Uh, let's go to the book of Matthew, the 13th chapter. Matthew, the 13th chapter, 38 through 43. Now, Jesus gave the wisdom of the re revelation to us, but... We were too spiritually blind to see it. But now, in his word, it's revealed unto his servants to feed the flock and prepare them for the harvest. Now, if there is a harvest, there must be a field. And if there's a field, there must be seeds planted. But with the garden, there also grows weeds and tares. We read that a little bit further, Brother Messenger, but I want you to read actually that one verse in the book of Matthew, and let's go ahead and reiterate that one more time. The book of Matthew 13, and uh, I'm trying to find out exactly where that verse was. Matthew 13, I know I had it on here twice, but hey, the Lord must want us to reiterate something in this lesson. So, 13, let's see. Where are we at? Where are we start at? We in 38, right? 38? 38? <coughs> 13? One more time. Verse 38. Revelation 13, 38. Go ahead. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. Continue. The enemy that sold them is the devil. But what about this feast of tigers, Brother Messenger? The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. Continue. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. So the fire that he's talking about is the lake of fire, brothers and sisters, is the lake of fire. All these things happen during the reign of Christ, before the Father comes back. Because once the Father comes back, all this stuff got to be done. The Father ain't dealing with this. He ain't dealing with sin, flesh and blood, or nothing. So let's close this thing out, Brother Messenger. Let's go ahead and go to 1 Corinthians 
the 15th chapter, and we're going to set this thing up for the eighth day, which is the next feast that takes place right after this feast. It's almost like the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, but it's reversed because the Passover is first, and then the Feast of Unleavened Bread is a seven-day feast. Well, this one, the Feast of Tabernacles, is a seven-day feast, and the eighth day is one. Right day by day, one day after the other. The eighth day represents the coming of the Father, the real Father's Day. (laughs) After the seven days that men are supposed to be in their booths, or the 7,000 years that we have to be in this flesh and blood body, the eighth day, no more flesh and blood. 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 26. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. First he must reign, till he have put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Remember, man has seven days to be in this booth, this flesh and blood body. Once you defeat death, flesh and blood is no more. Because as long as there's flesh and blood, then there's death. And as long as there's flesh and blood, there is sin. So when flesh and blood goes, sin goes. And when death goes, flesh and blood goes. So let's go to 50 through 55, my brother. 50 through 55. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither do corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. So, brothers and sisters, what this is saying is that we are going to be changed from this flesh and blood body. Not all of us are going to be buried in the ground the way that many of us are going to go, but if you are doing right at the return of Jesus, keeping the statutes, laws, and commandments of this book, then you will be one of those ones who are instantly changed. But you got to be changed from a flesh and blood being to a spirit being because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Continue. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The interesting thing about this, brothers and sisters, it says that when the trumpet is sound, the dead is going to be raised. So the trumpet ain't been sounded yet, which means that the dead ain't been raised yet, brothers and sisters. We got to throw off all of this false religion, all of this false teaching that we have been given, telling us that our loved ones are up in heaven looking down on us smiling. It is not time yet, brothers and sisters. And for those who are teaching you these things, the Bible calls them false 
prophets because it is going against what the Bible is saying. And another word or prefix for the word against is anti. And if you are anti or against Christ, you are anti-Christ, brothers and sisters. Let's bring this thing home like we did last week, last place, Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Revelation 21, 1 through 4. So when death is no more, when all wickedness and sin and death is thrown into the lake of fire, nothing on this earth but spirit beings, now the Father can come down and bring his kingdom down. I'm going to show you one thing up in here that I learned today from Brother Bowie, and it gives you a reference to who we are so that you can get an understanding of who is where right now. Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Go ahead. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Uh-huh. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from, the, from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So it says prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Who prepared it, brothers and sisters? Didn't Jesus say that I go to prepare a place for you? So I am, you may be also. That where I am, you may be also. So how are you going to be where he at if you can't go to heaven? Read the first part of that again. I, John, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. And what was it doing? Coming down. Coming down, brothers and sisters. From God out of heaven. So that's how you're going to be with him? It's because he's going to bring the kingdom down here to you. Verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with me. Now, what's interesting about this, right. brothers and sisters, is that ain't gonna be no more men, because we are gonna be flesh and uh, we are gonna be spirit beings. But it's saying men, brothers and sisters, because it's denoting where we currently live. Although we won't be in a flesh and blood body anymore. So go ahead and read that. Now you can read it. And listen to it with understanding. Go ahead. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. So, brothers and sisters, that's the Father's Day. That's the eighth day. That's when, after Jesus has done everything that he was sent here to do, get all of this thing back in order the way that it was supposed to be. Then we become joint heirs with Christ, which means that we become what he is, which is God. Didn't John 1 and 1 said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if Jesus is God, and we become joint heirs with him, then we inherit our Godship, brothers and sisters. And then the angels have to 
serve us, and which is why Satan is trying to get as many of us as he can to not become God. And this is why he was so upset in the first place, because he knew that what Jesus had made was going to be superior eventually over him. We thank you for listening to tonight's lesson, the Feast of Tabernacles. Brother Messenger, please give them the... My last word is simply this. As long as you are in this body, as long as you have breath, read this book for yourself. So often we get secondhand information from people that don't read this book or read this book in part or use this book for their own private interpretations, which we know the Bible says what? That the book, is, the scriptures are not subject to any private interpretation. So you got to start fact-checking your pastors, your parents, your grandparents, anybody that opened this book and tell you something or you get that, in the Bible it says this, in the Bible it says that, in the Bible. No, well, show me, line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little. And there a little. There a little. If they can't do that, then you bring the book and you show them what it actually says. So let's just start reading for ourselves, brothers and sisters, because right now we have to keep ourselves in line with the statutes, laws, and commandments of this book. Absolutely. That's my message. Okay, brothers and sisters, we are going to close this thing out with a prayer. We ask that you continue to share the Bible Show Truth Hour on Tuesday nights at 7.30 p.m. And we also have our very own YouTube channel. And that channel is Truth Hour TV. Just type that in and help us share these lessons. Help us get this word out. Help us reach people who may not go to a church on Sunday. But they want to know the word of God. But they don't want to go up into places that they've been turned off from. And we understand why, brothers and sisters. And we don't blame them for that. But we want to show them that the Bible is true and exact. I'm not saying that it's not without its flaws. It's not the word of God that's without flaws. It's the interpretation of man that has flaws in it, brothers and sisters. So we want to get as many people as possible to learn this word because you're going to be judged by the things that are written in this book. Yes. So it will behoove you to know what's in it so that, <laughs> hey. When you get judged, you will already be on point. That's right. You'll already be on point, brothers and sisters. Um, to our YouTube channel, we're going to go ahead and close out, and we're going to thank you. And, again, if you want to be added to our invite list, our Facebook invite list, um, and our text message reminder list, then text your name and the keyword Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. 312-719-7310. And then when you text your name in the keyword Truth Hour to that number, we will add you on our text message reminder and invite list. So therefore, right before we go live, you'll get a message letting you know that the Bible show Truth Hour is on the air and what actually our topic for that night is. All right. Peace and blessings. Peace.
And for those who are still on Facebook, we are going to go ahead and close out with our prayers. So we're going to get up, turn around, and face the east. And if you want to know more about the Feast of Tabernacles, you can inbox us, text us, or go back and revisit this lesson after we're done. Brother Messenger? Yes, sir. Heavenly Father, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come to say thank you. Father God, again, you have said, where there are two or more gathered in your name, there you are in the midst, so we want to thank you for your presence. We thank you for the word that went forth today, Father God, and we pray that the people that heard it were edified and that you were glorified. Continue to use us, Father God, for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you in advance. Watch over each and every one of us as we depart from this place, Father God, but not from your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. 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 We thank you for that, brothers and sisters. And if you'd like to make a comment, then call that number now. If you, if you would like to make a comment about tonight's show, then call that number now, brothers and sisters. That 312 719 7310. We'll give you guys a couple of minutes to uh, call that number. If you want to make a comment, you can go ahead and call that number right now, 312-719-7310, and um, we will put you live on the air. Team Truth Hour, where you at? <laughs> That blew me away, man, when we read the scripture that it's going to be in summer and in winter. That was that was an eye opener, man. man. But it you know, but it lines up so, been taught. so perfect. nobody knows the time nor the hour. Mm-hmm. You know, but well, man, you know, we I, might know the time or the hour, but we know. The well, scene. you know, I, I, be, I believe that. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to even say I believe. Um, when people say that, I think they're referring to the Father and not the Son. You know, because it said that the sun don't even know the the time of the hour. You you, you see what I'm saying? So um, that's referring to the father and not the son, because we really don't have um, too much information about when the father is coming. We just know it's going to be after Jesus, and we know it's going to be on the eighth day. But that really goes into the eight thousand years after the seven thousand, uh, the thousand year reign of Christ. So we got the activity of what takes place and what happens, but, you know, we're more concise um, when it comes to Jesus' return more so than the Father. Okay, Um, if no one else would like to uh, make a comment, then we thank you guys for tuning in. Brother Messenger, we hope you feel better. Y'all keep Brother Messenger in your prayers. He's been under the weather. He needs some nighttime sniffling, sneezing, <laughs> coughing, aching, stuffy head fever so he can rest medicine. Yeah, my wife as well. My wife too. De- definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, keep my family in your prayers. My cousin uh, passed away um, Saturday, and the brother messenger and I will be presiding over her funeral services this Sunday. So... You know, the Lord is using us, and we pray that he continues to use us and that he continues to use you also as well. Share this information. Don't force it down nobody's throat, you know. Just share the information and let them read them for the, uh, 
for themselves. Yeah. All right? All right? Thank you so much, brothers and sisters. Peace and blessings. Peace. We signing off. Good night. Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.